fart noise. Mm. Uh, yeah. Okay, so, yeah, I said I had a bit. Um, so, okay, so yesterday was Memorial Day, and that's why this episode's coming late if you're, you know, listening in real time. Um, yes. But, yeah. We, we, were, we were too busy celebrating all the people who died <laughs> for our many American freedoms. Mm, I was <laughs> celebrating by being at work and being overworked, uh, like I do I, every Memorial Day. I'm just being overworked. I I was celebrating by being screwed over by the last uh, auto mechanic I went to. Mm. Um, but that's not a story I want to go into because it makes me mad. <laughs> no, no. We'll, we'll go in instead on the story of how I got home. And like every Memorial Day, I mean, I still, you know, I'm nerdy slob who still lives at home with my parents. Um, so, yeah. So every yeah. Memorial Day, they have a party with all their like church friends and work friends and stuff over um which i mean i don't know anyone there so i don't really participate i just you know get home from work and go inside and don't come out until it's done um show them your fan art of uh sonic the hedgehog meeting jesus and fucking princess peach and everything yeah (laughs) Um, well, but in, in that order, yeah. But well, that's part of Sonic's heaven is that Princess Peach is there, and also everyone else from his harem, which is every person yeah, from every, every female character, every female, made. and some of the male ones too. <laughs> um, but no, that's that's not the point I'm trying to get to. The point is that um, I. Okay, I mean, it, it happens every time people are over, and I don't understand um, why people can't close the toilet lid when they're done in the bathroom. Like, I I don't get it. It's gross. Like, uh, you know, I mean, like, Mythbusters did this, what, 15 years ago? The experiment to prove that... If you leave your toilet lid up, there's, like, E. coli and bacteria that comes up out of the toilet every time you flush, and it gets all over your toothbrushes and your towels and everything else. It's like, like, why can't people, you know, it's like, what what, what the fuck do you think that lid is there for that you don't close it? You, you, you have a seat and you have a lid, and you leave the lid up and you leave the seat open, like, Okay, are are you are you in such a poop rush every time you go poop at home that uh, you you can't be bothered to pick up the lid before you sit down? You know that half second is too much. You just you gotta poop so fast that you're gonna leave this open bowl of water there. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Like, do you have pets that drink out of it and you want them to drink out of it, so you just leave it open because it's your backup water bowl for them to drink out of? Uh, oh yeah they can't go thirsty yeah they have to drink my poopies <laughs> yeah well yeah i mean yeah if, if you go to poop you gotta wait your turn because the dog's busy drinking out of the toilet bowl because uh, you left the <laughs> lid open for your dog to be able to drink out of it i guess i mean i ended up going and looking online and it's surprise i'd say it's like a pretty even split on people who say well yeah i leave the lid open and uh people say no you need to close the lid because it's hygienic um and 
and like the the best excuse people have for leaving the lid open is that they feel that if the lid is closed it's because you're trying to hide that your toilet is a disgusting mess which just seems really fucking paranoid like how can you be that paranoid it's like okay you, you would rather it's a bowl for catching poop yeah of course it's a disgusting mess well yeah and also it's like okay so so you want you would rather have germs floating up out of the toilet all around your bathroom so long as it means that you can look into the bowl and see that there aren't stains on the side of it so you know that it's clean and you feel like you're being a more open and honest person by having a clean bowl that is spitting crap in all over your room. Um, and that that's why you don't close the lid that is put there to cover that thing up so that it doesn't... I, I, I just, I don't get it. And it happens every time there's guests over. People can't close the goddamn toilet lid. I ended up taking my toothbrush out of there and sanitizing the thing and mouthwash because, you know, it just, like, hey, ew, it's gross. I don't get it. People are gross. They're gross I and they act like it's good drawer. etiquette to, you know, like, some of, like, the forums and stuff I was reading on, like, people arguing back and forth about whether or not it's okay etiquette-wise to have the lid open of your toilet. And people were saying, like, yeah, it's fine. I do it all the time. And, you know, if you go to a guest's house, then, I mean, you should try to follow, you know, like, if you go into a guest's bathroom and the toilet lid is down, then you should probably close it when you leave. And if it's up, then I guess leave it up and wash your hands and accept that you're in a disgusting pig house. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Like the, the you know the the debate about toilet seats is so much easier because it's just like, yeah, you if you're going to stand to pee and you probably shouldn't, you should probably sit to pee because it's more comfortable and it's easy. Um, but if you have to stand to pee, then yeah, you lift the seat up so you don't pee on the seat, um, and then you put it down afterward because it's not a urinal. <laughs> you're not in a I... public bathroom. I, I can't sit to pee because my big long horse cock will touch the water and that's uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, or your your boner is just too rigid all the time. You'd have to lay down to you know, have it over the bowl. You know what? What white ceramic just you know really gets me going. So it's a really bad situation. Mm. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So that, that's my toilet etiquette rant. That I promised to start this off with. Um, you, that you promised to me like a half hour ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it was something that was bothering me yesterday. Um, but otherwise, I mean, topics... And you said you didn't have any, so I'm assuming that means that you didn't see the first two episodes of Kenobi or the Chippendale movie, which both came out in the last two weeks. Oh, sweet. They made a Chippendales movie, so you could watch uh, a bunch of half-naked men dancing in a bar. Oh, they, they make that joke in the movie. Um, oh. it, it's like the first... It, it's literally the first joke in the movie is that 
it's Dale narrating and says, so when you think Chippendale, you're probably thinking of some historical, he like references like a historical guy whose name was Chippendale. And then he's like, or you're thinking of these guys, and it's like a bunch of like shirtless, muscular men with little bow ties dancing. Um, <laughs> it's the male version of uh, like the Playboy bunny suit, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, they, they made the Chippendale movie that is like, uh, it's a lot like the Roger Rabbit movie, except. Uh, even heavier on the cameos and references and stuff and kind of less substance to it plot wise I mean like they try to have character arcs but they don't really resonate as well um, it's still I mean I, I found it fun I've watched it I think like three or four times now because it's just a good like fun background noise movie um that has so many things going on in each shot that you know if you actually like look up you might see something that you didn't see the last time because there's just (laughs) background jokes flying at you all the time i i i didn't hear anything at all about the chippendale movie except for reading it in the media box (laughs) Mm. like that that is the only thing i've ever heard about it there was a trailer a few months ago, I think. I don't know if they'd announced anything before that. I remember when the trailer came out, seeing it. Like, that's what got me interested in even watching it. You know, the, like, it, it's not really a, you know, Chippendale Rescue Rangers movie. So much as, like, a... Um, you know, what if animated characters were real kind of movie that's just using the pretense uh, that Chip and Dale were a couple <clears throat> chipmunk cartoon actors who played roles in a early 90s show called Rescue Rangers, and then their careers kind of diverged and got away from showbiz for a while, and now it's, you know, 30 years later, and they're meeting back up um okay mainly so it's exactly like who framed Robert yeah it's like, like they're, they're having to meet back up to rescue um monterey jack who was the fat mouse who was obsessed with cheese from the show uh, and he has gotten in over his head in debt from you know his cheese addiction um and so he's gone missing and they have to track down who kidnapped him which they actually find out pretty quickly it's not like a mystery that lasts the whole movie that um the the person he's in debt with is i mean i guess spoilers for the movie it's been a couple weeks if anybody wanted to see it you could see it um and it's it's more fun for the jokes than it is for any you know spoilers in the plot because the plot's just kind of basic um He's gotten in debt to a, a, I guess, drug kingpin, kind of, named Sweet Pete, who it turns out is Peter Pan, like the animated Peter Pan, who has gotten older, so he's like middle-aged and has like a gristly beard and a beer gut, <laughs> and um, since he, you know, stopped being a cute little kid cartoon anymore because 
some cartoons age, but other ones don't. It it doesn't matter. Don't question it. Um, Seems like Peter Pan would be the uh, like the only one that shouldn't age. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. Maybe he hooked up with Wendy, and that made it so his uh, Neverland thing wore off, and he had to grow up. Because I think they show some of the other Neverland kids, and they didn't grow up, so. He must have left Neverland, and that caused him to age. But but also, it's all fictional, because they're all actors playing these roles, so who knows. Um, but, yeah, no, he, he's grown up. Um, and after, you know, he started, you know, like, hitting his teenage years and getting pimples and stuff, and nobody wanted to hire him to play roles anymore, he decided to start up, like, a side business of, um bootlegging they call it where uh making like the dollar store knockoff versions of like disney movies and that sort of like cheapo animated movies um so basically he's making those using um like other cartoons mainly ones that have like gotten in debt with his other various enterprises and so he, like, kidnaps them and puts them in this machine that, like, reanimates them with different cartoon parts. Um, like, Monterey Jack ends up getting turned into, like, a knockoff version of Dumbo to star in their knockoff Dumbo movie. Um, with Danny DeVito. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I, I'm surprised they didn't do that joke, because they did every other joke in this. It's... It, it is, you know, it's... It's a movie that has just a lot of references to not just Disney things, but, like, animation in general. Um, like, they go to... Uh, shit, I can't remember the name of it. There's, like, the, the bad part of town is where there's, like, the, like, Polar Express-style realistic cg animated characters with dead eyes who are just like staring off into nowhere all the time even though they talk like they're not um there's like one played by um uh man can't remember his name famous comedian i'm blanking on the name right now um seth rogan it's Um, seth rogan is uh, playing um a character who's That's like a knock—he's like a knockoff version of the Beowulf from the CG animated Beowulf movie, um, <laughs> and he's like one of Sweet Pete's henchmen there. Um, but yeah, there's like a bunch of those like weird CG creatures in this bad part of town, and there's like a Muppet there because uh, they do like there's Muppets. There's the police chief is like he's um, J.K. Simmons playing he's like commissioner putty but he's he's gumby he's basically gumby and it turns out that he by the end is actually a dirty cop on the take from sweet pete and he gets in a fight with a human officer who's there and so you get this fun fight scene of like her fighting a claymation character and he's like unkillable because he's made of clay He's like the T-1000. He can like flatten himself and go under doors. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they just, they do a lot of fun stuff in this. Um, it's a dumb movie, but you kind of know that just watching the trailers, it's not going to be anything that brilliant. 
It sounds kind of cool. Yeah. No, it's it's worth watching. Um, so, yeah, so there's that. And the first two episodes of Kenobi came out. And it's decent. Um, I don't really Did know. Did he say hello there? He might have. I don't remember. Darn. It's been half well, a week. I'm sure... Actually, it's been almost I'm a sure week. I'm sure if he said it... It would be all over the internet, so he probably did. Yeah, no, the thing that's been all over the internet is memes uh, based, and this was even before the show came out, because it was in the trailer. Uh, There's a part where um, Obi-Wan is talking to Owen Lars, and telling him that like when Luke comes of age, he needs to be trained as a Jedi. And then Owen sarcastically says, oh, like you trained his father. Um... And that has become a meme of, you know, just, like, characters from Star Wars, like, saying they're going to do something, and then Owen just sarcastically pointing out their hypocrisy. <laughs> um, I, let's see if I can find some good examples on here to speak, because that's, you know, that's the funny part of memes, when uh, you... Okay. When they're said out loud with no context. Okay, so... No visual yep, context. So I'm looking at uh, the memes posted on a Star Wars group that I'm in. Um, There's one of Anakin from Episode 3 saying, You can't kill him, he must stand trial. And then Owen Lore is saying, Like you let Count Dooku stand trial. <laughs> uh... <laughs> That's it. Okay, and then there's uh, the ghost of Luke Skywalker in Episode Nine saying a Jedi's weapon deserves more respect, and Owen's ghost saying like when you respectfully yeeted yours off a cliff. Yeah, I mean to be fair, they were literally just being salty about that moment. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but then doing having the wrong character say. I mean, it's like Luke's the one who disrespected the lightsaber, and now he's mad at Rey yeah. for disrespecting the lightsaber. Um, okay, let's see. Uh, Vader in Episode 4 in the meeting room saying, don't underestimate the power of the Force. And then Owen saying, like, you underestimated the high ground? It's always... It's always the high ground. It is, yeah. But it, at least he was still just a learner and not the master yet. Hmm. Uh, okay, let's see. Um, Bo-Katan talking about the Darksaber to Din Djarin. It must be won in combat. And Owen, like you won it from Sabine? Which, if you've seen Rebels, you know that um, Bo-Katan <clears throat> got the Darksaber from Sabine... When Sabine saw that Bo-Katan seemed like a better leader, and she just gave it to her. Um, but then in Mandalorian Season 2, they have this whole thing of like, no, you have to win it in combat. It's about the story of how you got it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, she's fucking hypocrite, and I, I mean, it's already been pointed out. Um, what What's that line from Holy Grail? Maybe uh, royal succession shouldn't be dictated by women and bonds. <laughs> throwing, love, like, throwing swords at people. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, um, Anakin and Obi-Wan in episode 2 about to go fight uh, Dooku, and they say, we'll take them together. And then Owen says, like you and Qui-Gon took Maul together. 
<laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, they tried. Uh, and then Qui-Gon was never together again. Mm. Uh, let's see. Okay, Episode 3, Anakin talking to Padme. Love won't save you, Padme. Only my new powers can do that. And, uh, Owen, like you saved your mother. Okay, well, that one, that that's just a dick move right there, <laughs> Owen. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, fight? I mean, that, that was the first one that got posted, and my response was a gif of um, the smoldering skeletons of Owen and Baru. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, it's funny how uh, Obi-Wan apparently knew them, but he just really didn't give a shit um, in episode four, did he? It seems, based on what I'm seeing of how Kenobi's playing out, that um, he, you know, is, for, a, you know, at least the first, I guess, ten years or so, is keeping a close eye on Luke um, from a distance because Owen doesn't want him around. And, you know, Owen tells him as much. He doesn't want him there. He doesn't want Luke put in danger. He just wants all of that, you know, stay out of all this Jedi shit. Um, So it seems like probably by the end of this series, he's going to decide to, you know, just assume Luke is going to be safe enough that he doesn't have to be there spying on them all the time. So... I don't know. I mean, because also, like, in, in the the way the show starts off, he's buried his lightsaber out in the desert somewhere because he doesn't want to even be seen with it. He's not... Like like Ray, Like Ray Skywalker. Yeah. And, like, he's uh, not wearing... It's like poetry. He's also not wearing his Jedi robes, the thing that everybody criticized him for, that he's just wearing his Jedi robes out in the desert. So it seems like they're doing a retcon thing of... He's not wearing his Jedi robes now, but by the end of the series, he's going to decide, actually, it wouldn't be a problem if I just wore my Jedi robes all the time, because, I don't know, legacy or inspiring people or something. I don't know. Maybe he'll have killed most of the Inquisitorious by then, so he won't have to worry about them coming after him anymore. So, is it would be funny if it was like a a villain of the week uh, type show where he just killed a different Inquisitor every day. Mm. Yeah, in episode... So far, he hasn't killed any. There's four of them that we see. The major one is Third Sister, who also goes by the name Reva. And she is like the hard-ass... Reva McIntyre? I guess. I don't know. (laughs) I've heard it's supposed to be a reference to Revan from KOTOR, but I don't really see it. Um, oh. but yeah, she, that's a weak ass reference. She's like the hard ass cop who is obsessed with finding Obi-Wan and she doesn't like that the, you know, everybody else has given up on finding Obi-Wan cause he's been gone for 10 years and nobody's, you know, figured out where he went. And she doesn't like that they have to go find these like weak ass other Jedi that they just take care of easily. Um, so she, um... By episode two, she she arranges to have Princess Leia kidnapped, knowing that Obi-Wan was friends with Bail Organa, and figuring he'll come rescue Leia, which he does. Um, Kid Leia is... The actress is a really good fit for Leia. It 
feels a lot like, you know, sassy episode four Leia. Um, but because it's a kid, she's obnoxious. Um, you know, oh no, the cycle begins again. Yeah, so we got another obnoxious kid actor, but uh, Obi-Wan rescues her and then um, has to, you know, escape from Reva, who... Um, the, the Grand Inquisitor, who is the like main villain of the first season of Rebels, which happens years after the show, um, confronts Reva on you know going behind his back to try to get Obi Wan like this, and she stabs him, and it seems like like I guess we'll we'll see tomorrow when Episode Three comes out, but. At the end of episode two, it seems like he's dead, which makes no sense because he's clearly alive later. So it, it's, I mean, I'm sure he's not, he's going to turn out not to be dead and it's just going to be one of those stupid bullshit things they do. Like (laughs) that time in the Clone Wars show where they said, oh no, Obi-Wan's dead. And everyone was freaking out because Obi-Wan's dead. (laughs) And he's not because, uh, of course he's not. He's in the next movie. Um but yeah no they're they're back on their bullshit of killing characters who clearly can't be killed at this point in time uh, there, there's another thing that did that that I can't remember um shit. I mean I know like Darth Maul they brought back in Solo even though we know he dies in Rebels which makes it feel kind of pointless to bring him back Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to think. There's another prequel somewhere that, like, oh, this character's dead now, but like we we know that they can't be. Uh, I can't remember it. Oh well. Mm. Yeah, I I don't know. There's so many franchises. I wouldn't know which one to guess. Yeah, so so many franchises that don't actually care about. Anyway, mm. uh, what what does uh what does old Ben do? Um, I mean, I think that pretty much sums up the first two episodes, so. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't fight, um, Darth Vader yet? No, I'll, I, yeah, at the end of episode two, he is informed by Reva that Darth Vader is actually Anakin Skywalker, and he's still alive, and he's been looking for Obi-Wan. And then at the very end of the episode, there's, like, a shot of... Like, Obi-Wan looking scared, realizing that Anakin's still alive. And then it, like, cross-cuts to Anakin floating in his back-to-tank. Um, you know, the... Like, it's Hayden Christensen, but they've made him up to look like, you know, bald, burned-up Darth Vader. So... Hmm. Yeah, so they're, they're building to Darth Vader coming. And it's only going to be, like, a six-episode series, so... Yeah, you know, there's only four more weeks of it. But I feel like Obi Wan should know that Anakin's alive. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Like I, I feel like if he wanted him dead, he would have just killed him. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if if he just assumed that he died there on Mustafar after he was burned up and stuff. I mean, it would have been more merciful for him to just finish him off when he's there with no limbs and his whole body on fire instead of just letting him burn to death. Yeah, because, like, I get get the whole 
like big picture story that like oh he won the fight but he he lost the war because he didn't actually kill him um but it that that seems like a a moral ground that he just lost immediately not one that he had to figure out later mm. <laughs> also the, there's you some know? funny parts where um obi-wan is having like traumatic flashbacks and you see like footage of episode one anakin in the pod race as part of his traumatic flashbacks <laughs> so what why and just they showrunners want to remind you that the prequels are part of obi-wan's backstory eh, i mm. guess <laughs> so I mean, was he that scared during the pod race? That I, I mean, that was, that actually, like it's weird that one of his it's weird that they show him remembering stuff from the pod race because I think he was back on um, Amidala's ship when that happened. Because Qui Gon and uh, Jar Jar and not Padme went in, into town and they're the ones who met Anakin and did the whole race and stuff and Obi-Wan was back on the ship the whole time. Hmm. Yeah, I don't remember the specifics, but I think you're right. Yeah, cuz no, cuz like he was on the phone with Qui-Gon a couple times and he's like, "Oh, I sense you've found another pathetic life form for us to drag along with us." Don't talk about Amidala that way. She's not that pathetic. She does things. Mm. Um, she gets pregnant and dies. <laughs> yeah, of a broken heart. <laughs> she she gets her uh, costume ripped in a sexy way. Mm. Um, uh, what else does she do? Mm. She has that one good line about democracy dying. Yeah. And that other line about aggressive um, negotiations. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you see, she does things. Yeah. <laughs> she almost gets killed by space worms. Probably had a side plot or two in the Clone Wars cartoon that I forgot about. Yeah, she... Um, she got infected with the blue shadow virus at one point. Yeah... She has cleavage in the micro-series, so there's that. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, the micro-series, she did cool stuff. She did the whole thing with, like, the invisible robots, and she, like, flung her cape yeah. at one to find it, and then shoot it. She sacrificed three PO's life to find another yeah. one. So, yeah. Yeah, he, he cool. survived. It was fine. Yeah. It's fine. It was a prequel. He was going to survive. Yeah. It would be funny. I mean, they could kill C-3PO or R2 and claim that it was they just replaced him with a new one. And that's the one we saw in the original trilogy. And that's why they don't remember Anakin, because uh, it's a different droid. But I, I think that's my favorite uh, robot check in Star Wars uh, skit. It's where Darth Vader's just telling Luke all the bullshit he did in the prequels. Mm. He's like, as a child, I built C-3PO. <laughs> then Luke's just like, okay, look, if you're not going to take this seriously, I'm just going to leave. Mm. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, I 
I kind of like the prequels, and even I think most of it is dumb. Yeah. Like, like uh, yeah, we, we've talked about this recently. Yeah. I don't, the, I don't need to get into it again. The prequels have a lot of good visual designs, and, um, yeah, I mean, the story's a mess, but they're, they're yeah. fun to look at. There's a there's a lot of big ideas that work, but none of them really work mm. all the way except Palpatine. Mm. Like he's he's the one thing that is consistently interesting about the prequels, mm. and even then, none of it really matters until the third one. So whatever. Mm. And then he became the worst part. Well, I guess he's not the worst part of the sequels, but he's a very bad part of the sequels. I. What would be the worst part of the sequels? That they didn't do anything with Finn? Uh, I mean, yeah, them not finishing his Stormtrooper arc thing. Uh, sucks, yeah. Yeah, because, like, oh, I was a Stormtrooper, and then in the, in the last movie, it's like, oh, I found all these other Stormtrooper deserters, and then nothing comes of that. Absolutely nothing. Mm. Zero. Yeah, even though, you know, I've talked about it before, even like a couple weeks ago when I got the printed version, that Duel of the Fates script for the original version had Finn's arc in it that he, uh, when they're like fighting stormtroopers early in the movie, sees one of them with a broken mask and sees the guy's face underneath and remembers, oh yeah, we're all child soldiers who were abducted and forced into this and by the end of the movie, he's leading a stormtrooper uprising on Coruscant against the First Order. Um, yeah. Which they managed to make work. Because you know, it, it, it would get kind of complicated if you've got, like, some stormtroopers are still bad and some of them are now good. Um, and the way they handle that is that there's, like, an elite stormtrooper in, like, chrome phasma armor. Uh, they've got like a whole squad of those guys who are like the super stormtroopers. So those guys are the bad stormtroopers, uh, and that makes it so they can redeem the other stormtroopers to be part of so the uprising. So, it, like, if we're going with the whole Nazi Germany analogy, um, it'd be like that time, like a bunch of German soldiers like fought against the SS, yeah, to save some French prisoners of war. Yeah, yeah, something like that. <laughs> Which is a thing that actually happened, mm. and it's a very interesting story in World War. Two. I, I'm I'm way off in the weeds, but that's that's a cool thing. Mm. That would wouldn't that be neat if that actually happened in the Star Wars movie? I mean, it would be neat if this entire um, script had been made. Um, which I did remember to actually have the book with me on hand, so I can talk about it during the recording instead of just trying to remember what I read like two weeks ago. Although yeah. it is also a comic book, so I don't know how well I can convey what happens in this, but, um, let's see, let me just double check that I don't have any other interesting topics. I mean, I got a couple other topics, but we can still talk about this. If Jade, you I have a question. What does Finn actually do in episode nine? In the like, actual it, episode nine? Yeah, does he do literally anything uh, aside from... He screams Ray a lot. He um, yeah. tries to tell Ray 
something, but never actually manages to say what it is. He um, is there tagging along with everyone a lot. He and Poe are the ones who come up with the plan to get the rebel fleet to Exegol to go do something about the million billion uh, Death Star Star Destroyers that were all popping up out of the dirt there. Um, they, I, I still I still can't get over that. It's like what what are the two like most iconic things like ships from the original trilogy? Uh, the Death Star and Star Destroyers. Mm. Like let's just make those two into one thing and have a billion of mm. them. Yep, they were secretly working on the whole time while also terraforming a planet into a Death Star, and uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, see, and then Fo, Finn uh, also um, found Jasna, Lando's long-lost daughter, and then they rode horses on the back of a Star Destroyer and said some one-liners and stuff, I think. Um, and yeah, that, that's pretty much what Finn did in that movie. Which is more than Rose got to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also Rose got to do stuff in the original Duel of the Fate script. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, until they make me have to address Rise of Skywalker as, you know, an actual part of this Star Wars canon, because they actually, like, do stuff to tie into it, because they've mostly ignored it since it came out. But until they do something to integrate it, Duel of the Fates is the real Episode Nine, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, how do you integrate that tangle of nonsense? Because, mm. like, nothing, like, literally nothing about it makes sense. Yeah. Like, 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 from a lore point or a common sense point, right? Like, what, what, what about it actually makes sense with the rest of the eight movies? Mm. Yeah, I mean, we're still waiting to see what's going on with, um, Mandalorian Season 2, they hinted at the reason why they're trying to capture Grogu to get midichlorians for some kind of cloning program, it seems like, which could be the Emperor's clones. Um, they're they're going to reboot um, Force Unleashed. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, because like, Force clones, it was a thing in Heir to the Empire, with, um, like, Joris Kaboth and, you know, some of the, the, like, Luke, the Luke with two U's instead of one U, and that's how you know he's the clone <laughs> Luke, and he's crazy. Um, Wait, really? Uh, oh my god. It, it's silly, but it also works really well, because that book was actually well written. Um... I will, I will believe you. But, yeah, I mean, so they had, like, Jedi clones in that. They had, you know, Force Unleashed 2 had Jedi clones. <sighs> um, Dark Empire had the Emperor cloning himself to come back to life, and that's the story they cribbed from for uh, that part of Rise of Skywalker. Except they didn't give, like, any of the context for it. They just, ah, the Emperor's back. Actually, Snoke was a Somehow. clone, I guess. Maybe, kind of. Somehow he returned. Yep. Yep, that's the best explanation they could give. 
Somehow. <laughs> Unless you play Fortnite, I guess. Well, Fortnite is how you found out that he announced his uh, return. Which is the thing the opening crawl says. That there's been, like, messages sent out from the dead emperor announcing that he's come back. And the only time anyone's seen or heard those messages was in Fortnite. <laughs> he just updated his Instagram. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like Palpatine, uh, nothing for 30 years, and then he updates, and nobody actually sees it because nobody uses Instagram anymore. Yeah, no, he just, he couldn't get a signal out there on Exegol. It's, uh, in the middle of nowhere, it's covered in thunderstorms all the time, and... uh, Yeah, they, they don't even have Google Fiber yet. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, the only way for anyone to reach that planet is to get a magical pyramid triangle thing that shows you the way to get there. Man, if only somebody could build a telescope Mm. (laughs) that could see the rest of the... Okay. Like, uh, whatever. I'm I'm done. Um, Do you have any other Star Wars hot takes for me? Um, hot takes... I mean, I don't know how... For a take to be hot, it would probably have to be relating to the Kenobi show because every other take has been made at this point. Yeah. Uh, hot take you and McGregor sucks as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Ooh, I don't I don't even believe that, but I haven't seen the show yet. Mm. No, he does fine. I mean, I, I don't know if it would be a hot take to say that... I, I mean, this is in response to rumors and leaks, but... I mean, the, the Kenobi show has been in development for years and years and years. It, it was going to be a movie, um, and then the solo movie bombed, so they decided they you know to cancel all their spin-off movie plans, and, and then the Mandalorian show was a hit, so they started like recycling some of those plans into shows. So, like, at one point we were going to get a Boba Fett movie, and instead we got a Boba Fett TV show. And we were going to get a Kenobi movie, and now we're getting a Kenobi TV show. And so, since it's been in development for a long time, from what I read, the original script sounded really cool. Um, at least for me, as someone who's read all... Uh, well, not all. I, I've read a lot of you know books and shit. And the original plan for the show... Sounds a lot like the Kenobi novel, which came out in, like, 2012 or 2013, um, before the Disney purchase. And that book was basically like a western, where it's, you know, Kenobi is the new guy in town who's just trying to keep his head down, stay out of trouble, but there's, um, you know, fights breaking out between the Tusken Raiders and the Moisture Farmers, and so Kenobi ends up having to get involved and discovers that the Tusken Raiders are being framed, that actually there's some moisture farmers who are dressing up as Tuscans and raiding other farmers' settlements so that everyone will blame it on the Tuscans and they can, you know, just get away with everything. Um, so it's, you know, like, it, it was a pretty cool story. It's the kind of East meets West like, Yojimbo, Seven Samurai-ish kind of story, you know, the lone 
the loner hero who just wants to stay out of trouble but has to answer the call to save everyone kind of thing um and that's what the movie was going to be but then a lot of those plans i think ended up getting used in mandalorian and book of boba fett instead you know there's a lot of tuscan stuff in there and a lot of the like lone gunslinger stuff in there so they felt like it'd be redundant and they redid the script into what this show is now which is a show that seems like like obi-wan will have some minor character development in it but the main dynamic character is going to be third sister reva who goes from hard-ass inquisitor to person who's willing to give her life to protect obi-wan and luke's secret um, so spoilers, uh, based on leaks, she dies in the last episode when she uh, goes to tell Vader that eh, we couldn't find Obi-Wan, he got away. And Vader's like, yeah, fuck you, I know he didn't get away, you let him get away. But you know, Vader doesn't know where to find him, so he just kills her. Lame. If the leaks this are true. sounds lame. But it sounds, I mean, <clears throat> I can absolutely see the story that was leaked being what the actual story is yeah like like maybe if any of these stories could stay away from Tatooine for five minutes uh, mm. they, they could have just made Kenobi be that other thing yeah <laughs> but I think, like, it seems like the characters they've chosen to base things on well I don't know I mean like the Andor show which we've gotten a trailer for now that one could easily completely stay away from Tatooine. There's nothing Cassian Andor has to do with Tatooine. Like Tatooine didn't feature in Rogue One at all, so so I could see that show being our you know first foray into a Disney Plus Star Wars that doesn't have Tatooine. Yeah, because like even the Mandalorian didn't really have much of a reason to go there. But they did anyway. Yeah, yeah, it was just kind of a fan servicey thing they did. But then yeah. Boba Fett and Obi Wan both have, you know, movie reasons why they have to be around Tatooine. Yeah, like even even Boba Fett, like it had to start there, I guess. But it didn't need to stay there. Yeah, but yeah, he did get off planet by the, you know, Mandalorian season two. He had his ship. He didn't have to go back. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I liked it because we got to see more, uh, like, the Jabba's Palace stuff. Some of the droids and characters from from that part. I got to learn the name of another city in on Tatooine that is not Mos Eisley. Mm. Um, and I completely forgot mm. it until Was it Mos Espa? <laughs> Yeah. The, the one from episode one. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know the yeah. name. I did not commit it to memory. Yeah. No. The major cities on Tatooine, there's Moss Eisley, is the famous one from episode four. Uh, Moss Espa is the one from episode one. And I think that's also the one they used in Book of Boba Fett. Um, I think. 
or, or maybe or maybe that was Moss Eisley. I don't know. Because... Um, uh, it, was, it was Moss Eisley and uh, Book of Boba Fett. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was, because that's... Like, the, they go to the bar there in Mandalorian Season 1, and it's Chalman's Tavern from uh, Episode 4. Um, but yeah, no, there's those, and there's Anchorhead, which is, like, the spaceport that's near... Uh, Luke's farm in episode 4. I think it just gets mentioned by name. I don't think we actually go there in anything. Um, and there's Toshi Station, which isn't... I think that's just a building. It's not like a full town, but that's where you get power converters. Um, <laughs> that's the only thing we really know. I mean, it, it's been like <laughs> outlined in role play books and stuff, what else exists at Toshi Station, but... The running gag is you just go there for power converters because that's what Luke's line was. Is I, I was gonna yeah. go to Toshi Station and get some power converters. Oh, all that exists is the things that characters mention offhand, and the rest uh, doesn't it like it's just a wasteland. Mm. It doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah, and then I guess there's that one town in. Mandalorian season two and Book of Boba Fett, where um, Cobb Vanth is the sheriff, and I don't remember the name of that town, but but yeah, that's that little town. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but yeah, no, the Cassie and Andor I... show should get away from Tatooine. The Ahsoka show doesn't really have a reason to go to Tatooine either, as far as I know. I. I feel like it, it will. probably will, because it's more closely connected to the Mando stuff. Yeah. The Cassian Andor show, as a spinoff of Rogue One, seems like it'll be more of that, you know, Rebels versus Empire side of Star Wars, where everything else has been more like the Rogues and Scoundrels side so far. Yeah, I... I don't know. I I have no emotional attachment to Rogue One, so I don't I don't even know. Yeah. Uh, no, I found the trailer really boring, but people really like that movie, so they'll probably really like the show too for the same reasons that it's I, like more gritty and hardcore I, and realistic than uh, Star Wars. I, I still don't understand why people like Rogue One so much. I mean, yeah, the the argument is usually something along the lines of, say, well, I like Star Wars, but it's usually really silly and kitty, but I like this because it's more like a war movie and it's serious, and that seems like that's why people like Rogue One. It's just it's it's serious, it has death, it has um, you know just just that kind of action war movie stuff not a lot of force powers not a lot of destiny or mythology or anything i like i like how like it's this serious war movie apparently but it has darth vader giving one-liners yeah darth vader is you know like coming in from the other part of the universe that isn't really that big in it. I mean, like, and he's not the only, like, cringy thing in there. You've got that whole thing with, like, um, 
Dr. Evazen and Ponda Baba getting a random cameo in the street. They're just, like, walking down the street of Jeddah, and Evazen's there, and he's like, I'll kill you. Because that's what he does, he just yells at people. <laughs> or you'll be dead, or whatever it is he says. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't... I don't know, like, not... Not that you you shouldn't ever take Star Wars seriously, but like it's never meant to be. Uh, whatever, I'm getting back into that bullshit. Mm. Um, whatever, Rogue One is fine. I don't I don't care. Mm. <laughs> I'm not gonna watch. I'm not gonna watch the shows unless they're good anyway anymore. Because what whatever. Yeah. I don't know if I'm gonna watch it just because it's Star Wars. I mean, I think the shows so far, Mandalorian Season 1 was great, Season 2 was good, Book of Boba Fett was fine, aside from the Mandalorian episodes they stuck in the middle that were really good, um, Visions was a mixed bag, uh, speaking of, they announced Vision Season 2 is coming spring of next year. And it's going to feature, uh, you know, standalone shorts made by studios from around the world. So there'll be some from Japan, but there's also going to be, like, some from the UK, some from, like, yeah. France and Spain and India and, uh, you know, just all, all sorts of different uh, animation studios. Is it still only going to be eight episodes? I don't know if they gave an episode count. Uh, but because I mean, if 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 so, then that's kind of a shame, right? Mm. I mean, I'm hoping at least one of the episodes from Japan is a follow up to that one that actually seemed like it would have a plot that would continue on. Uh, the production IG one with the the one with the, the, the lightsabers, lightsabers. That change color based on your alignment. Yeah, yeah, like that one felt like it was like part one of. An ongoing story. Yeah, I... I felt like there were two or three that could continue, but that was the only one that felt like it really needed to. Yeah. Yeah, the other ones seem like, you know, if you're going to continue it, you could just do a comic follow-up or something. Yeah. I mean, even that one, you could do a comic on it. I'd be fine with that, too. But that one had, like, yeah, a... Interesting take on the world, but also just narratively, uh, like cinematographically, cinematographically, uh, <laughs> visually, the I way that they, you know, it felt like a movie. <laughs> you porky pigged it. Mm. it. It just, it felt like a movie the way, you know, they had like the slide wipes and everything, like a Star Wars movie. It wasn't just like an anime that with lightsabers it actually they did all the visual transition type stuff and like shot framing that made it feel yeah. like a star wars movie yeah it was the it was the one that was like star wars as anime um instead of an anime version of star wars if that makes sense yeah yeah, not just an anime with Star Wars elements in it. Yeah. Um, it also set up like a 
like a dark Jedi, which is interesting. Um, hmm. Like the the one guy whose lightsaber was red, and then he calms down and it goes Even to back, purple. Yeah. So yeah, that could actually go places. Hmm. Yeah, that's all that people like slide their alignments. Yeah. That, I forget, they 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 put some kind of line in there where it's like, oh, he was overcome by the dark side. Yeah, yeah because the, he was surrounded by all these Sith. other Sith and their like dark side energy temporarily corrupted him. Yeah, he got a contact high. Yeah. We've talked about Star Wars <laughs> for an hour. Mm. Uh, if we want to talk more Star Wars, I can go through this Duel of the Fates comic and go over what we could have had from Episode Nine. Otherwise, um, other topics I have that we haven't gotten to yet. Um, let's see. I watched Gravity Falls. I don't know how much I have to say about it, except that it's good. Yeah. It's very good. Um... I listened to the entirety of Batman Unburied, which is a podcast about Batman. It's um, kind of grimdark. I mean, it, it was interesting enough. I don't know that I can really recommend it. It's it's fine, I guess. Um, and then I... I, pre- I prefer my Batman to be kind of silly. Yeah, I mean, this one, it's like... Uh, the main actor playing Batman is the guy who played Mbaku, or, uh, Mbaku from uh, Black Panther. Um, he does a pretty good Bruce Wayne voice. His Batman voice is, you know, the whole Christian Bale, like, he just gets really growly um, uh, thing. Um, that's the easy way out. The first couple episodes, they do a thing where... You know, if you've seen Batman the Animated Series, you can pick up pretty quick that it's like, oh, this is probably some kind of a, like, dream, nightmare, Mad Hatter-ish thing that he's caught in, because they set it up like, Batman is, um, or not Batman, he's just Bruce Wayne, and he is a, like, psychological profiling detective. He's basically Will Graham from Hannibal, and he's doing the whole thing of, like, looking at a crime scene and putting himself in the headspace of the killer and, you know, talking to himself as he's saying, like, and then I do this, and then I pull out the eyes and I do this violent shit. And, you know, and it does get kind of grimdark because the main villain is this guy they call the Harvester, who is revealed to be uh, Cornelius Sturk, who is a really obscure minor Batman villain who is kind of like the Scarecrow, except if he had psychic powers to let him put people into a fear state and put illusions in their minds and stuff. Um, and they call him the Harvester because he like takes people's body parts for some kind of weird religious-ish whack job shit. Um, that that's he most of where, up his butt. that's most of where the grim dark stuff comes from. Is this one guy who is like a cannibal who you know like ritualistically cuts people's body parts off 
in the process of killing them, like not even wait for them to be dead first. Usually he's like cutting them up as they're alive, which is gross. Um, but like aside from that, the rest of it is, you know, it's... I guess if you're interested in listening to something like that, you can listen. It goes places that are kind of interesting sometimes. Um, but overall, it was it was fine, I guess. Um, I, I listened. The Batman story. Hmm. Yeah, I I listened because the McElroys said that they had voice cameos, and they do. They they play like minor henchmen characters in a couple of the episodes. Uh, Travis and Griffin sound exactly like their normal voices. Justin does, you know, a little bit of a heavier henchman voice, so it fits better. It doesn't feel like it's just... It's Griffin. He's he's a henchman now, but he's still <laughs> Griffin. I mean, I, I, I feel like you can't really take his voice seriously. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, he's playing like a joke henchman, but... He, he's like the the wormy henchman. He's like, hey, it's Batman, and then uh, Justin doing the heavier voices. The ones like, yeah, yeah. I don't. It's it was fine, but yeah, I don't have that much to say about it without just spoiling the entire thing. And even then, it's not that interesting if I do spoil it. Um, the other topic i had which i guess we could do now because it probably won't take that long although it will completely take us away from star wars um is that i read a manga called dragon ball that time i got reincarnated as yamcha (laughs) (laughs) i've heard of this one i think we've talked a little about it before yeah it was either during or after a call that i was saying that I saw it in a bookstore and that I wish I'd bought it and then I just went on Amazon and I bought it. So <laughs> and now you have context for why Yamcha sucks so much. Mm. Yeah, and it's it's fairly short. It seems like it's maybe 2 thirds the length of a regular manga volume. So Yep, it's a uh, story starts off with a kid in Japan who's a big fan of Dragon Ball and is like competitive playing like the Dokkan battle game and stuff and then um, and I've got the book here I'm going through it so I remember what happens um, he sees a girl with a short skirt and he tries to run up to get a peek under her skirt and trips and falls down some stairs and seemingly breaks his neck and dies and then he wakes up and he's Yamcha in he, he deserves to be Yamcha. <laughs> yeah, he wakes up and he's Yamcha. And he's like, oh no, I'm Yamcha. Uh, and it's during original Dragon Ball. So, um... I hope he actually said, oh no, I'm Yamcha. Uh, let me see what he said. Okay. Um, okay, so he wakes up in Yamcha world and sits up. And he says, huh? What? Huh? Where am I? I'm... What the? And he looks down at his clothes, and then suddenly has a hand mirror for no reason, and looks in the hand mirror and says, What's with these clothes? Hey, a mirror! Ah! I'm Yamcha! This place looks a lot like Dragon Ball. Maybe it's that event. But I don't remember going to UMJ. Uh, I was going home as usual, and then, that's right, the girl in the miniskirt, I chased after her. I was going down the stairs and slipped. 
After that, I can't remember anything. Well, the protagonist reincarnated as someone's scenario is quite popular nowadays. This seems kinda like that. So is it that? Did I die trying to get a glance at a girl's <laughs> panties and get reincarnated as Yamcha? Can something oh like that God. really happen? Really? I can't believe it. But more importantly, why Yamcha? And he's like kneeling dramatically with a he, spotlight on him. He he, 100% deserves to be Yamcha. Yeah. Yeah, so he's Yamcha, and he's in original Dragon Ball, and he sees Bulma and starts thinking about like, Oh, wow, yeah, Yamcha and Bulma were a couple for a while. That's going to be fun. But then remembers all the stuff about how uh, in the future the Saiyans are going to come and kill him. So instead of... <laughs> wait, wait he, he doesn't care about Tien breaking his leg? No, nah, I don't think that comes up at all. Because oh. it, it like starts off at a moment where um, him and Bulma and... Um, Goku and Oolong and Puar were all like together. It looks like they're in some kind of mushroom place. Um, uh, I, I, I think it must be like the very first part of Dragon Ball where they first meet him at, like right before they summon the dragon. Yeah, it's I after think. they've all become friends, but before a lot of other... Because it, it looks like at this point the group was going to split up where Goku goes off to do his training and stuff while uh, everybody else flies off and he decides instead of following the narrative the way it went to tag along with Goku so he can get like super training um, and be ready for when the Saiyans show up so uh, let's see so then it cuts to the f you know few years in the future when uh, Vegeta and Nappa and all the Cybermen are there. But because he's done all this training, he beats up all the Cybermen and survives when they all blow up on him. Um, and then it flashes back to show what he did in those years when he was diverging from the narrative. And because he's such a big Dragon Ball fan, he knew about um, uh, Piccolo's ship. So he found that and flew it back to, um... Uh, see, okay, actually, no, it, look, it looks like he met with Kami first. And then he took the ship and flew it back to Namek. And got the Grand Elder to unlock his, like, full potential. And then did a lot of training with Nail. So, he got, like, super strong before, uh... You know, well, I guess, you know, stronger than Yam original Yamcha ever got. Um, he's doing speed run strats. Yeah, yeah, he's like speed running it, and then <laughs> he's sequence breaking. Yeah, but then he realizes that because of the difference between the anime and the manga, the Saiyans actually got to Earth earlier than he remembered. Like they they took longer in the anime, so he has to have the Namekian dragon <laughs> wish him back. Uh, so he wishes himself back to Earth in time to fight the Saiyans. And that's hilarious. There's no filler. Yeah. <laughs> so quicker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he wishes himself back and beats up Nappa easily. And then him and Goku team up to fight Vegeta, but Vegeta's still a major threat. Um, but then as he's like going one on one against Vegeta, 
he remembers the uh, part where um, Vegeta was doing the bingo dance in the Battle of the Gods movie, which reminds him that Vegeta would know that Beerus, God of Destruction, exists. So he uses that to fake him out. He like just points behind him like, Look, it's Beerus, the God of Destruction. And Vegeta goes, What? And he turns and looks and there's no Beerus. And then, uh, so Yamcha gets an easy kick on him. So the Goku can fire the uh, Kamehameha and finish Vegeta off. Wow. So. Wow. So then, with Vegeta dead, he gets to marry Bulma. Well, he, he's not. He survives, and uh, oh. Yamcha tries to shoot him down and kill him, but Goku stops him because Goku is being Goku, and he's like, "No, I want to fight him again so we can get stronger." Um, so Yamcha, protagonist, lets him go. And then, uh, well, like, lets him go because of that, and also, just looking at this shot, it looks like he, he remembers all the stuff with Trunks and Vegeta's character arc, and he doesn't want to ruin that, so he lets him live. <laughs> but then he remembers that, uh, even if he gets together with Bulma, there's still Frieza, and Cell, and Majin Buu, and all these other big threats that are gonna come and kill everyone a bunch of times. So he could kill Cell before he gets there, mm. uh, or like before he hatches. Yeah. Uh, so then, let's see some. So it time skips again up to the Cell games, and Yamcha has managed to stay alive and you know not be killed once throughout this whole span of all the other threats like Frieza and the androids right. and stuff. I, I love how in Dragon Ball you have to specify that a character that's still around hasn't been killed yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he gets up to the Cell games and he's kind of content to sit back and let them play out the way they were supposed to because Yamcha didn't really play a part in that. Um, but then he realizes he realized somewhere along the way that Chaozu is also being controlled by a kid who died and was reincarnated into this Dragon Ball world. <laughs> <laughs> so Yamcha and Chaozu are having like a confrontation out in the the desert while the cell games are going on, and Chaozu turns out is another guy who's yeah he's been reincarnated and has been also cheating the system, but he's gone through this reincarnation cycle multiple times now and he's getting kind of fed up with it so he's decided to just fuck with everything like at one point he tried to steal all the dragon balls and Yamcha barely stopped him um, and then wait so who was he before Chaozu ah oh, let's see if he says okay he was like poor well, okay so his dialogue he says at first, I tried to play nice as Chaozu, but no matter how many times I did, it didn't go well. Yamcha says, Times? Are you telling me you've done this many times over? That's right! You have no idea how many times I've died. Chaozu doesn't fit my previous lifestyle as an elite student. I was always at the top. That's why I decided, this time, I'll be the bad guy. What? I'll use my psychic abilities and knowledge of Dragon Ball as I please and take over the world. That's crazy. You need to rethink this. <laughs> Shut up. It must be nice being Yamcha. You're strong, good-looking, and a hit with the ladies. But I? I? 
Chapsu is cute and all, right? You're in my way. This is the end for you. And then they fight. Um, <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I guess Chapsu is even worse than Yamcha is the thing you could be reincarnated as. Because yeah. at least Yamcha does look like, you know, all the other spiky-haired, like, muscly guys from Dragon Ball. Um, yeah. He had a pro baseball career, too. Mm. So, I mean, yeah. like... He has money if he wants it. Yeah. He's, he's, he's the only one who ever actually uses his uh, superhuman abilities for personal gain. Mm. Uh, instead of personal gains. Yeah. But then, yeah, so Nshatsu seemingly kills Yamcha. He gets his moment of laying on the ground, you know, like the Yamcha dancing. pose. Yeah. He, he gets his Yamcha pose, but then turns out he's not dead. Uh, because he got sensu beans because he climbed up the tower before um, uh, Goku or Yajirobe ever did because he knew about it. So he went up there first. He got some sensu beans, so he was prepared. Um, but then uh, they... Let's see. Okay, so knowing that Shoutsu is another Dragon Ball Mega fan, he... You know, quizzes him on what Yamcha's birthday is, and the guy gets the question wrong, and then the two of them start talking and discover that they're both mega fans and also were rivals on that Doken Battle video game. Um, so they kind of call the fight off, and they just sit there nerding out about Dragon Ball together. And, um, <laughs> and that's when it's revealed that this entire reincarnation thing has been a game being played between Beerus and uh, Champa, and Beerus is mad that he was, you know, his Yamcha was winning, but then the, they ended the fight, and so, um, so they just start arguing with each other, and the angels decide to send both of the kids back to their Earth bodies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Yeah. So, so the kid gets up off the ground and goes to wave his hand and does, I guess, muscle memory. He's learned Yamcha powers and creates a gust of wind that blows the girl's skirt up. And that's the end. Okay. Well, that that's a that's a nice moral to the story, right? Yeah. <laughs> you go to what another world and learn how to be a better pervert. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's fucking character development. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Fucking fucking Japan, I swear. Yeah, I mean this it was written by uh a guy named Dragon Gero Lee, who is a self professed Dragon Ball Mega fan who got permission to do this story from Toei. And so like on his like artist page with his like self description and stuff, the picture of himself is him as like a shirtless muscular Bruce Lee looking guy holding his like ink pen up above uh like basically he made himself look like a muscular Dragon Ball guy in all of his like self drawings. <laughs> I I have no words. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, 
Shit. Oh, yeah. And then there's a bonus manga at the end showing what would happen if Yamcha and Chaozu, uh did the fusion dance. And they end up looking like a bald Yamcha in Chaozu's <laughs> clothes. And decided it's a bad idea and they They're... shouldn't do that again. Um, I, I think in Dragon Ball Z Budokai 2, um, Yamcha and Tien can do the fusion dance. Um, and it turns into like a, a really weird, like half bald version. Yeah, that's what the, it's bald um, on top with, uh, like the bottom part of a mullet from like the temples down. <laughs> and like Chaozu's little cheeks. Uh, so he, he looks like a weird Chinese doll thing, but with a mullet. Yeah, I'm going to try to just send a picture. Hopefully it won't disrupt uh, Discord. <laughs> He's got the little hair <laughs> in the middle of his head. Oh my god. He's even balder than in the TN fusion. Mm. Yeah, no, it was supposed to be a joke about how stupid they would look if they fused together. Yeah. I don't think lore-wise they could fuse together because their size is too different. I think, let me check, they do something to, they get like a power-up from one of the games that'll let you do that. Um, Let's see, okay. From Dragon Ball Fusion. Okay, so the bonus manga, uh, Yamcha, hey, I thought of a good idea. Chaozu, what is it? Why don't we try fusion? Oh, good idea. We may even be able to take down a Cell Jr., but don't you need to be uh, of near-identical key as well as body size for it to be possible? Oh, yeah. Wait a minute. There was a video game that used fusion mechanics. In the game, Bulma makes an armband that allows anyone to fuse. We could get her to make that armband for us. Sounds like a plan. All right, let's go see Bulma. Uh, Yeah, if we work together, we can play a significant role, too. And then they go to Bulma... And Chaozu explained the concept of fusion to Bulma. She would make the armband in only 30 minutes. Um, and then, yeah, they got the armband, which it might be a thing from Budokai. I, I think it's uh, it's probably from Dragon Ball Fusions, which is a game I haven't played. But it's one based around, like, fusing, like, every character with each other. And oh, okay. seeing what happens, I think. Yeah. I think it's like a 3DS game. Something. Mm. Um, that's what I would guess, anyway. Okay. So, yeah, so that was that. Um, I, mean, I guess other topics are... I got this Star Wars comic, or... I mean, I don't know what there is to say about Gravity Falls. Uh, I watched it like two and a half weeks yeah. ago at this point. There's not much you could actually talk about without... Like, it's hard to talk about without with someone who hasn't seen it. Yeah. Because, like, it's... Like, the characters are fun. The concept is fun. Kind of surprising that it's only two seasons, but uh, at the same time, they did like tell the whole story they were trying to tell. So, yeah, it seems like they didn't really want 
uh, like to drag it out forever. Mm. Um, yeah, I I like shows that can work in an episodic manner, but also tell a larger story over the course of it. Mm. Um, and Gravity Falls is one of those, so it's really cool. Yeah. Um, and also it's just really funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Grunkle Stan is the best. Mm. Yeah, and you got J.K. Simmons in there. There's a Ford in season two. Oh yeah. God, I haven't actually watched Gravity Falls. I, I like I I don't think I've watched much of it since. Season two came out. Mm. I mean, did you see to the end of season two, or? I think so. <laughs> uh, did you see Bill Cipher's weird apocalypse? Because that that was the end. Yeah. Okay. Then yeah, you've seen. The okay. Whole I think they okay. did like some shorts after that, but that's like the story is up to that. Yeah. Like I it it. It pulls in so many places that I forget, like, what order shit happens in. Mm. I mean, like, like season one is mostly, you know, Dipper gets the weird journal, and uh, that's the the way that they seed in all these the fun supernatural creatures they run into every episode. But then the over the manator, yeah, like the overstory is building toward. Uh, Grunkle Stan trying to get the three journals so he can fix the portal to get Ford back. And that... Like, he's just... A, I think he just reopens the portal at the end of season one. And then it's a couple episodes into season two that Ford comes back in and they kind of explain the backstory to how the town got into that state in the first place. And, and Bill yeah. Cipher first shows up at the end of season one and then we find out more of what his deal is across season two. Yeah, in season one, he kind of just harasses them a little, right? Yeah, he doesn't he, actually. Yeah, because season season one, the main villain is Gideon, who's this little guy, who, you know, who has like a crush on Mabel, and he's super full of himself. And um, by the end of the season, he decides to summon a demon, which is Bill Cipher to try to just steal the whole mystery shack and um and that's how bill gets involved in that season before you know you find out that he's kind of been behind a lot of the weirdness going on yeah i should watch it again i i say i should watch everything again though so i probably won't but Mm. i should watch it again yeah, I mean, the whole thing's on Disney+. Plus. I kind of want to get it all on DVD. Although, knowing that I probably won't rewatch it for a while. I don't know if that's really worth doing or not. I have so many yeah. DVDs already of other things. <laughs> I don't have a ton of DVDs, but I have enough. Mm. <laughs> like, enough where I don't want to buy anymore. Yeah. Like, I went through a phase, like, five years ago where I just bought a bunch of stuff. 
because I finally got a full-time job and a little disposable income. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and then after I filled up a shelf, I was like, you know what? I think I'm done. Mm. <laughs> Uh, I don't, I don't need any more crap. Yeah. No. No, that's what I did, except I never stopped. So now I'm just <laughs> buried in crap and keep seeing more yeah. crap that I want, and so I buy it. Yeah. Uh, just get a closet and shove it all in and never look at it again. Oh, the closet's full. Closet's been full for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so knock out a wall, get another closet. Mm, That could work. Get the rats out of there first. They've they've been there the whole time. Mm. It would be nice if like they judge you. Houses where like (laughs) they are in like video games where you can just like build a room onto the side of a room and then you just punch out a piece of the wall and now you've got. A, another room there and he didn't have to yeah. think about all the like actual stuff that goes into doing that in real life yeah, yeah I mean like you, you could actually build onto a house but of course uh, boy is that expensive yeah. um... hey Jade want to talk about Pokemon oh yeah we can because I really like um, Pokemon Platinum, mm. and it might it might just be because uh, it's been really easy so far. Um, mm. I mean, it was the same I, generation I got, as Heart Gold Soul Silver, so yeah, it's got that look and feel to how it plays. Yeah, like e- even even if the controls are kind of awkward in in, in emulation. Uh, like it still looks and sounds really nice um it feels a little faster than um emerald Mm. like i I feel like the early generations like they they never get you in and out of things quickly Mm. um that that might have just been like a hardware limitation though um the only thing is, like, when a trainer sees you, it takes them, like, five seconds to actually start walking up to you. That's annoying as hell. Mm. I'm, I'm very impatient when I have to do things um, 98 times in a game, and they take unnecessarily long. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it. Um, it. It's been maybe the easiest Nuzlocke so far, just because... Uh, I got really lucky because um, I have a crowbat and a, a gebite. Um so they're just destroying things left and right. Mm. Um, Were you still restricting yourself to the you can only catch one Pokemon per route thing? Yeah, huh. and I, I I still got a I still got a gibble. Hmm. That was that was pure luck, because um, like right right after I encountered the Gibble, um, I encountered an Onyx, which which is terrible. Mm. Onyx Onyx sucks, um, but yeah, Gibble's just in a random cave, uh, 
Well, it, it is a hidden cave, so I guess it's not a random cave. Um, you have to follow the clues. Uh, somebody says, oh, I, I hear there's another hidden cave entrance around here. So you're like, oh, it's under the bike path. Mm. Uh, because uh, they finally have semi-3D graphics. Because DS. Mm. Um, so you just poke around on, under the bike path that's overhead and you can find the hidden cave where you get you get a ground dragon pokemon and the tm for earthquake which holy shit mm. um, yeah that early in the game yeah it um it has really high attack and really high speed so like as long as you don't put it up against anything stupid like you're going to win. It's ridiculous. Mm. Um, yeah, I always get confused when I use Earthquake against a Magnemite or a Magneton. Because do some of those have Levitate? Or does it never have Levitate? I don't think Magnemite have Levitate, but like ev everything like it does. Yeah. Because I think like Bronzor and Bronzong might have levitate sometimes, and maybe that's yeah, they, why I assume they, Magnemite would too. Yeah, my Bronzong does have levitate, um, Coppertone, mm. um, and like I know like Weezing and Ghastly have levitate. Um, a few more do. It's weird that Magnemite doesn't though, because it's I mean it's clearly not sitting on the ground. Yeah, it, it floats. It floats, but if but I, the earth quakes, it still dies. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it ever had levitate. Magnet pull or, sturd or sturdy. Hmm. And a hidden ability that does not levitate. Weird. Yeah, well, I mean, I... Man, if 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 Magnemite did have uh, levitate, it would be so overpowered. Mm. Um, because then it would only be weak to fighting. I think. Uh, would it still be um, weak to fighting? Fire? And f I mean, steel yeah, fire. Is weak to fire. Fi fighting, fighting and fire. Because yeah. steel is weak to fighting, fire, and ground. And electric is weak to ground and just just, just ground. Like, I think. Huh. Um, so if it had, if it had levitate, it would be ridiculous. Mm. Um, it would only be weak to two types and it would, it would resist like over half of the others, I think. Well, steel is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, Bronzong is a levitating steel psychic. Yeah. And psychic, which is... What does psychic resist? Other than psychic, nothing. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's weak to dark and ghost, I think. But yeah, it's it's supposed to be an offensive type because it hits a lot of different things. But yeah, I think it only resists psychic type. Mm. Um. Anyway, uh. Yeah, yeah, Bronzong is also very good. Um, 
Bronzor was not that good. It was actually kind of hard to train because it it's not nearly as defensive um, as Bronzong. So it almost died a couple times, but it didn't. Mm. So, you know, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Um, I think I think the only Pokemon I'm using that it isn't super good right now is uh, the Luxray. Mm. I mean, it's all right, but it's not. I don't think it's really keeping up. Yeah, I mean, but it has intimidate. Electric is which is very useful good. for some of the stuff you have to fight. Yeah. Especially like your rival since you have the water or you have the fire starters so your rival has the water. Yeah. So like after it gets steel type um, electric will probably be the best way to deal with it. Mm. Um, Or maybe uh, yeah or ground works too I guess. Mm, yeah, I've got two. I'm using two ground Pokemon because um, I've got a Gastrodon named Shelly. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and you have to get them all up to like level sixty-five so they can deal with Cynthia. What level is her uh, Garchomp? Do you know off the top of your head? think in the remakes it's like level 68 or something like that okay because what i've been doing is i've been like finding a, a nice medium between uh like the first elite four member and the the champions pokemon mm. but i might just have to um start a little higher <laughs> just because i know cynthia is supposed to be ridiculous yeah well, she's got like a lot of type advantage stuff she's got a mylotic that just spams recover um and she knows how to swap things out to get type advantage and remove disadvantage hmm. yeah that's gonna be interesting um cause I, I gotta say like the the gen the generation 3 elite 4 kind of uh was not very good <laughs> Um, they have good costumes, though. Yeah, they have great character design, but uh, um, their teams are not not that good. Mm. Yeah, especially when you're dealing like the, with Wallace, who's just an elevated gym leader. Yeah, Steven, I'm sure would have been harder. Yeah, Steven is steel types, but also a lot of like blended. Um, yeah, there's like. Metagross is a steel psychic. Skarmory is a steel flying. Um, yeah, it's got coverage. Yeah. yeah, it feels more like a um, champion team because even though it does have a type theming, it's also got like a big variety of types and dual types. Yeah. I do still need to go back and beat Steven's uh, secret post-game fight mm. in Emerald at some point. Um well, I say beat it. Uh, hopefully beat it. Mm. Um, have the so epilogue of the Nuzlocke where all your Pokemon die fighting Steven. 
<laughs> Wouldn't that be fucked up? Uh, the red fight was fun, though, mm. in uh, Crystal. But um, Crystal's mechanics were not as, like, fleshed out as it is in Gen 3 with abilities and everything. Because mm. I feel like that'll kind of balance out. Um, yeah, I've only played... Ruby Sapphire, Omega Ruby, and Alpha Sapphire. So I don't know how that works in Emerald. I I think Steven is like a. I think he he's got like level seventy something Pokemon, like the same as Redhead. Okay. Um. So. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I'll be able to beat him, but if not, oh well. I still beat the Elite Four, that's the point. Mm. <laughs> the rest of it is just for fun. Um It it's it's weird though in Platinum because like every gym leader only has three Pokemon. Um and they're they've been very easy to play around so far. Cause like um the, the, the first one was real easy. It was rock. It was the first one. Like, you just put a grass up, a grass Pokemon up against it, and you pretty much win automatically, right? Mm. Um, it was the mm. second one, grass. In, in so, the remakes, at yeah. least, the only gym leader I remember being kind of difficult was the, the eighth guy, who's an electric gym leader, but he's got, like, other blended types in, so you can't just go, like, earthquake everything mm. yeah that might be I, I would have to check to see what he has because i don't remember i just remember mm. thinking like oh it's electric this would be easy and it wasn't quite as easy yeah i do have two ground types so even if they have uh like weird coverages i think i'll still be fine yeah it's like it was either weird coverage or it was they have like good anti-electric type moves or something or not like anti-ground like things to kill your ground types because they know they'll be up against ground types yeah like some electric water or something I don't know maybe not I don't remember there being a lantern in there and I, I don't know of any other electric water types I think Bulbapedia is down and has been for a while mm. so um, <laughs> that makes this awkward because I was going to look it up yeah no, the guy's name is Volkner uh, V-O-L-K-N-E-R okay so in Platinum he has a Jolteon, a Raichu a Luxray and an Electivire so like those are all those are all pure electric types hmm Electivire, I think, is supposed to be pretty good, though. So it might have, like, weird moves mm. that can hurt a lot. Oh, well, anyway. Um, oh yeah, the point is, Platinum is very fun. I'm doing very well so far. Um, I'm, I'm gonna get somebody killed eventually, and it's gonna suck, but I will continue on. As always. Mm. Until I get to Cynthia and die horribly. <laughs> mm. Mm. Do we need to set up a Deadpool to see... Uh, taking bets on which of your Pokemon's going to die first? 
if I'll put it this way, if I ever have to sacrifice anybody, it's gonna be Luke Seal. Mm. The the luxury. Mm. Just because she is not keeping up. <laughs> mm. Um and if Spike dies, I'm gonna be very sad. <laughs> because that's that's like my ace in the hole. Um like I can just teach it any physical move and it can probably one shot almost anything mm-hmm. um, but we'll see what happens that's the fun part is you don't know um, I almost lost my crowbat against the elite four in crystal but I didn't it survived and it helped me beat red so weird things happen sometimes hmm Okay, I don't know what else to say. Yeah, I'm um, just looking at Down Detector's comments explaining what's going on with Bulbapedia. Uh, let's see, there's someone who says, according to Bulbapedia's Twitter, somebody's been selling Bulbapedia NFTs. I don't know, it's like they, I guess, what? took the website down while they're figuring out how to stop people from doing it. I don't know what that would have to do with... Yeah, but, because it says the website isn't down How? in the traditional sense, but nobody can get in because of the error five hundred three. How like how, Bulbapedia specific NFTs? Mm. <laughs> like, because like every everything on Bulbapedia is just Pokemon. Yeah, let's see. Okay, opening up their Twitter now to see what this says. Um, a catching issue is currently causing many users to receive 503 errors on Bulbapedia content pages. We'll update you when this has been fixed. That was... Oh, no, this is a tweet from, uh, 2017. Um, oh, wow, it's been down a while. Yeah. yeah, we haven't been able to log in for years, and we didn't know it. Um... <laughs> Hey, you'd think they would have fixed that when Sword and Shield came out. Mm. Yeah, they just want everyone to use only Cerebi. I find Cerebi is not as easy to navigate as Bulbapedia. Yeah, no, Bulbapedia, it's nice because it's like looking up things on Wikipedia, except you don't have to deal with like all the ads and shit you get on all the fandom wikis. Yeah. Oh, God. Like, try Like, you, you click a link. Um, you click a link on mobile, and then like just your entire screen is covered <laughs> in, in ads. Yeah, yeah, and like a lot of times, you know, I'll it's open like up a, a fandom page on my laptop where I've got ad blockers, so it stops the ads. But then you know you'll get like partway down the page of what should be just like text and a couple pictures, and then it won't even load the text, and it's just a like, blank white page because fandom is such a yeah. bloated shit you know coding that they have on there that uh, it can't even load text without having trouble yeah the the, the worst is when um, there's an article and like the the pages are all like one paragraph long and they make you <laughs> they make you go to the next page mm. to see a whole new set of ads yeah. um, if you want to read more and at that point, it's just like, no. Yeah. 
we're 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 old people um yelling at the internet yeah Speaking of being an old person, you know, I don't even. Whenever somebody posts like a link to something on TikTok, I don't even click it because I just. It's like, <laughs> sure, I could load this short video and see what you know, Vine you thought was so funny that I have to stop and watch it. But like, I just, you know, I don't like. It's you know, if I'm like browsing on my phone or something, you know, I don't want my phone making noise. I just want to read things. Um, yeah. Like, and if I'm on my laptop, I just, you know, like YouTube, fine. You know, some a lot of times I don't click it until I have time to actually watch it. But, um, yeah. But like See, TikTok, that, the videos like are so short that it's like, what's the point of you know loading <laughs> this like ten second? Somebody says yeah. something funny and then it's over. But that's why I like Reddit because the video player doesn't work, so mm. <laughs> so it never plays it anyway. <laughs> Just put us in the grave. <laughs> Find us a fucking home and just shove us in. Uh, I mean, as long as the home has place for all my piles of stuff that I've been continuing to accrue. No, it doesn't have. A place for your leave it to beaver lunchbox. Oh no. Now will I make the resale on uh when I <laughs> you know, try to flip that on the secondary market. Wait, are are NFTs just like a the common like the the current version of like l- the lunchbox craze? Uh, yeah, I mean they're they're beanie babies, except you don't have the beanie babies, you just have uh URL yeah. to a picture. That you don't actually own the yeah. picture, you just own the URL to the picture, but your ownership of the URL is uh, worth money because there's enough suckers out there who also think it's worth money, and they just trade it back yeah. and forth to each other until they get bored and somebody's stuck with it. Yeah, it's like it's like comic books, except there's no actual history there. Yeah, yeah, and there generally, sometimes, but generally isn't a... Uh, you know, corporation manufacturing these things that everybody's wasting their time and money over. It's, you know, just people making this shit up for other people to think will be worth money. And it <laughs> is until it isn't. Um, yeah, it's... It, it's like... It, 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 it's the, it sucks, the speculator it... boom from the 90s is back in... NFTs and trading cards and all kinds of other shit that people, I guess, weren't around 30 years ago to see how it failed the last time, so they're trying it all again. They're gonna inflate the values of things, and I mean, it's like NFTs on the one hand, the amount of electricity used for them is a giant waste, but on the other hand, at least it you know, it doesn't deprive... It, it's not as bad as, you know, like the Pokemon card shortages that have happened from everybody ripping open cereal boxes and raiding McDonald's to get all these Pokemon cards that no one else can have because they're, they're just things that you trade for money now. Um, yeah. 
at least nfts you know it's like well nothing was lost in the first place because you're just selling digital air back and forth yeah i'm i'm just glad that crypto crashed because now i can uh, finally build a computer if i want to Mm. yeah hopefully (laughs) the chip shortage uh gets resolved and they can start making ps5s again yeah (laughs) hopefully they can make that elusive seventh ps5 Mm. so I, i might be able to eventually get one yeah Maybe they'll find a way to make it more compact by then. PS5 Slim. Mm. One that's not just a behemoth. But, like, I didn't realize how big that thing was until I saw one at a Walmart, like, in the glass display thing. So, yeah, that's bigger than most consoles I've ever seen. Is it actually the size of Kaiba's chest? Um, not quite that big, but, you know... <laughs> Younger Kaiba, maybe. Younger and smaller Kaiba. Baby Kaiba. (laughs) Baby Kaiba is still wearing the same white coat. Yu-Gi-Oh babies! (laughs) (laughs) It's time to duel. (laughs) It's time to duel. (laughs) You <laughs> I'm going to play my pot of weed. <laughs> Go Kuibo. You're a third weight duelist with a fourth weight deck. <laughs> Should we end it there? Because we're not getting better than that. Yeah, yeah, that that can be the title, I guess. Uh, or did you actually want to read the the um, Star Wars thing? Uh, or I mean, do that next I, time? I have it here. Let's okay. I episode might run a little long, but we'll see. Um, I mean, I'm not gonna you know read it word for word. I was just so I can get an accurate description of the plot we could have had. Um, okay. So, it's called Duel of the Fates, not Rise of Skywalker. Named Skywalker doesn't mean shit in this. Um, so, let's see, it opens on the planet Kawat, which is a thing from the old expanded universe that they're bringing back. Um, it's the planet where they manufacture Star Destroyers. So, there's, you know, it's this, like this metal ring they've built around the planet, and that's, you know, the... Um, like factory where they build these these ships in orbit um and we've got bb-8 disguised as one of those imperial black bb-8s uh going undercover to help the rebels infiltrate um finn is in disguise boarding a ship because they get just like um like migrant labor from the surface you know the first order does they just like load them up onto ships and bring them up to the the uh factory to work on stuff um but yeah no he's there with poe who's undercover in 
similar to like the Leia undercover in Return of the Jedi thing. He's like in a mask and costume and stuff. Um, but yeah, they're all trying to infiltrate. You got Rose helping coordinate the thing. Um, they all go to board, but then the First Order realizes they're there. But then Ray comes to the rescue because she, she was also there un in disguise. And she now has a double-bladed blue lightsaber because in the process of rebuilding Luke's broken lightsaber from Episode Eight, uh, she you know, attached another blue lightsaber to it and made this cool double-bladed Darth Maul saber. Um, and then board the thing. They set some like thermal detonators in there into the reactor to blow up the station and then to escape they decide to hijack the biggest star destroyer on there and fly that out of there so they do that and then the knights of ren are dispatched to find out what happened at the station hey they mm -hmm. they actually do something yep. That's yeah the nice. knights of ren show up and kill the station commander for his failure to stop the rebels from blowing up the reactor on the station and then they are you know, trying to hunt down Ray and the rebels. Uh, we cut to Coruscant, where the First Order has like a big ship that they've set up as like their center command on Coruscant. Um, they've also blocked out all communication between planets aside from First Order communication, so any resistance efforts can't coordinate with each other to try to, you know, rise up against the First Order. Um, and they're holding public executions of rebels. Um, General Hux is basically in charge because Kylo Ren is off looking for Sith secrets around the galaxy and can't be bothered to run the First Order government, which Hux is fine with because he would rather be running it himself anyway, as much as he, you know, resents Kylo Ren for being a deadbeat um and then we cut to kylo ren who is on mustafar he goes to darth vader's castle from rogue one um where let's see luke's ghost is following him around and telling him you know this is all a waste you, know, you shouldn't be pursuing this dark side path it'll just lead to misery um and he finds Palpatine's Sith Holocron, which has a holographic projection of Palpatine and not actually a clone of Palpatine. Um, and the, the projection is a recording that Palpatine had left for Vader, instructing him on what to do in the event that the Emperor died and um, uh, Vader had you know Luke Skywalker turned over to the dark side. That like if if Luke had done what the Emperor told him to do in Return of the Jedi and struck him down, this was the con you know the plan for what to do next is for Vader to take Luke to another like dark side ancient Sith creature called Tor Valum, um, and that that guy would instruct Luke in the ways of the dark side. Uh, but then the holocron scans uh, Kylo Ren. And realizes this isn't Anakin you know, slash Vader. So it goes into emergency mode and shocks him with a bunch of lightning. Which like scars his face. 
and eventually looks like it's in a few pages but it leads to him having to get like surgery and like some metal implants and and that's why he ends up getting a new mask it's not a rebuilt version of his original mask it's like a whole new mask that is reminiscent of um the one that he had in the first movie um in this comic because you know this version never happened the artist ended up using some concept art of a different take on the kylo ren mask but you know in the hmm. final movie they could have come up with something different you know d depends what their concept artist had. um but leia senses through the force that her son is being shocked by a holocron so uh and then you know she's distracted away from that because Ray and friends show up in their big stolen Star Destroyer and they uh, let's see we get a quick bit where the commanding officer like some of the first order people were still aboard the ship when they stole it so one of them is yelling at them and Rose steals the guy's uh, ID badge because she says she collects them for fun uh, personality. Yeah. And then Leia tells them, like, hey, did you check to make sure there wasn't a homing beacon on this thing? Uh, and, and they, they did, but, you know, she's still a little apprehensive. Um, and Ray is being kind of standoffish. She's having, like, nightmares about Kylo Ren and stuff. Okay, and then Ray goes through the ancient Jedi texts and finds reference to a communication system that the Jedi had set up, based out of the Jedi Temple, but also like, connected to other planets. So it'd be a way for them to circumvent the First Order's communications block, because this technology is more ancient than that, so it, it lets them get around it. Um, but they have to find a way to get to the Jedi Temple on Coruscant, because, you know, that's where the First Order's main force is set up. Um, and then Rey starts having visions. She's doing some training, and she starts having visions of Kylo Ren going through his surgery to deal with his scarred-up face, and also some, like, future visions of Planet Mortis and, like, the temple in the mountains there which is where the final battle is going to take place at the end of the movie. Um, and, yeah, let's see. His visions that Kylo Ren is going to beat her and cut her down. Uh, Luke's ghost shows up and tells her a little bit about what Mortis is and why it's important. Um, and talks about, like, balancing the Force and Rey's, like, yeah, it's like you talk about balance, but it's just a constant cycle of light and dark fighting each other, and there's never a like, meeting in the middle of it. Um, and so she like, rejects him and rejects the Jedi and everything. Um, so Kylo Ren gets his new mask. Um, Hux, we see, like, he doesn't really come into contact with a lot of other characters. He's mostly by himself in this version, but... When he's by himself, you see, like, he collects lightsabers, and it seems like he wishes he had force powers, but he just can't manage it. Um, 
He's General um, Grievous's grandson. Mm, he might be. Um, and then yeah, Kylo Ren comes back long enough to tell him, like, hey, so I found, uh, there's this, um, Torvalum guy I need to go find so I can learn some more ancient Sith stuff, so, peace out, um, I'm leaving you to go wipe out the resistance while I'm gone. Um, so, yeah, so they go over the plan to infiltrate the Jedi Temple, reactivate this ancient beacon system, and get everyone connected again. Um, there's some romantic tension between Poe and Rey, because I guess everyone has romantic tension with Rey in this <laughs> series. Yeah, they're, they're all too young. They can't not want to fuck each other. Yeah. Uh, Kylo Ren goes and talks to Vader's helmet, and says that he realizes that in the end, Vader's love clouded his judgment and so kylo takes the helmet and yeets it off into the city somewhere because he's like yeah you you weren't as you know powerful as i thought you were grandfather um and then he flies off and uh let's see uh, where's ray looks like ray's going off somewhere um this whole comic's available for free too i know i'm doing a bad job of describing uh everything that's going on because there's a lot of stuff happening but um well yeah i mean it's uh meant to be a movie script so it's probably uh yeah there's, there's a lot of like small character moments and things yeah like it, it's hard to describe an entire movie script um, over the course of a few minutes. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Ray and Chewie and Poe are flying off in the Falcon while Finn <coughs> and Rose and I think Leia are in the stolen Star Destroyer. Um, and then uh, Hux has, I guess he's got a Star Destroyer that also has a cannon that can it's not a whole fleet of star destroyers with planet destroying cannons but he's got at least one because he blows up a planet uh the i guess it's the planet that had the resistance base but because they knew he was coming they all boarded the star destroyer and flew off before he blew up the planet um and even though they all managed to escape the knights of ren are in pursuit because they're you know, doing the whole Boba Fett thing of tracking them through the asteroid field. Um, and meanwhile, Kylo Ren goes to the planet Remnicor, which is where the Torvalum guy is. It's like an ancient Sith planet. Lots of skeletons and stuff, and this weird spidery guy who is Torvalum. Uh, the guy who trained Plagueis, who then trained Sidious. And he promises ancient Sith secrets if Kylo will become his apprentice, which he does for now. Um, let's see. Ray and friends go to planet Bonadon, where there's like a festival thing going on. Uh, and they talk to someone who, you know, 
another Yoda-like figure, a short alien who knows a lot of, like, Force stuff, who Mm. can tell them a little bit about Mortis and how to get there, and Destiny and whatnot. Um, Meanwhile, Finn, Rose, 3PO, and R2 are infiltrating the uh, Jedi Temple on Coruscant. Uh, they find the machine they need to activate, and they're trying to figure out how to activate it. Uh, cut to Kylo Ren, he's learning a new force technique where you can drain the life force out of a living thing and into yourself to heal yourself. Um, but then the Torvalum sends him into a cave to go confront his fears, um, and he confronts a vision of Darth Vader, who he fights, and then the vision of Darth Vader kills him, and um, so he goes back and yells at Torvalum about this stupid force test that he made him go through, and Torvalum says he's not worthy, so Kylo Ren's like, fuck you, I'm using your technique against you, and he sucks the life out of him and kills him. Um, and then, uh, and then the... Finn and Rose managed to reactivate the um, beacon. Wait, so is he all of the Sith now? Uh, I mean, I don't... With Star Wars the way it is, there might be other Sith out in the galaxy, but as far as the movie's concerned, I guess he's... He was the only one, and then we found out there was another, and then he killed that one, so I guess he's back <laughs> to being all of them again. No, there is another. Yeah. Uh, okay, so they reactivate the beacon, connecting the systems to send a hologram message from Leia to all the planets everywhere to ask everyone to please come help fight the First Order. Um, so it's not actually gonna... Like, there's parts of Rise of Skywalker, you can see how they had it in this script, and then it got reworked you know the whole thing with like the fleet of everyone showing up at the end in rise of skywalker it's just ah lando went around on a quick recruiting mission and got everyone but that was like a key point of this script is that they had to you know communications were cut off and they had to restore communications and then ask everyone to please all come show up at coruscant and help us take it back from the first order um it's like the end of Ace Combat 5, which I know you have no reference for, and I will not explain. Okay, I'll, I'll assume that's true. Um, and then Kylo Ren also sees that this beacon thing is going around, and uses the force from a distance to destroy the uh, signal generator on Coruscant, because he's just gotten that strong in the force that he can destroy a thing on another planet using his mind. Um, but the message did get out, so it, you know, it's there. But now Finn and Rose are in danger because TIE fighters are shooting up the Jedi Temple, and, um, Rey is worried about them. But then the Knights of Ren show up to come kill her, and there's, like, a chase, and they get back to the Millennium Falcon, but then she's in a big lightsaber fight against all of them, and, um, lots of cool lightsaber action goes one-on-one against their leader guy who uh, injures her but then she has like a flashback to seeing 
them in the rain in that one you know random scene from force awakens mm-hmm. and uses sith lightning to kill the guy um nice and then starts feeling kind of bad about that and she gave into her anger um <laughs> chewy yeah <laughs> and then she decides okay i need to go and uh go to mortis and confront kylo ren and and all this and Poe's like no you can't so she uses a mind trick on him to tell him to go back and help the resistance and so he you know succumbs to the mind trick and flies off and she steals the uh, Knights of Ren's ship and uses it to go to Mortis um, let's see Kylo Ren tells Hux via communication thing uh, to you know kill the first order or no kill kill the resistance uh, they are the first order um, and then let's see Luke's ghost talks to Leia um, Finn is sneaking around the streets of Coruscant and incapacitates another stormtrooper and unmasks him and realizes yeah we know each other and they have like a bonding moment and then he uh you know tell invites the guy to join him and rise up against the first order uh rose has been captured and gets tortured by droids uh by hux trying to get information um lando is hanging out in a nightclub on another planet that you know it's his club now Leia goes to ask him for help and he's like I don't know I don't think I can um and then Ray makes it to Mortis crash lands starts hiking toward the temple Kylo also lands on Mortis and he starts heading for the temple uh 3PO and R2 are wandering the streets of Coruscant and the chrome stormtroopers show up and start like beating up civilians and locking them all up in cages and the regular stormtroopers are kind of disturbed by the amount of violence going on um let's see finn is wandering around the sewers gets attacked by a big monster but then a kid helps him out and they go sneaking through the sewers to the underground area where a lot of civilians are hiding and also arming themselves for revolution and so Finn steps up and becomes the leader of this uh, uprising against the First Order. Um, let's see, we see more of Rey uh, having like flashbacks to her parents leaving, and uh, Kylo Ren um, having like a Force vision of Han and uh, remembering how he killed him. Um, uh, revolution in the streets of Coruscant. Rose manages to escape custody and uh, sneak off to go join them. Um, what else? Um, Ray confronts Kylo Ren and says that she realized uh, her parents it, weren't. Oh, let's see. It 
I'm just checking the dialogue to make sure. Okay. Yeah. The, her parents didn't, like Kylo Ren said, sell her off for drinking money. They uh, were hiding her because Kylo Ren was hunting them. Because Snoke somehow knew that this like Force-sensitive child could be a threat to him. So he sent Kylo Ren to go kill her and her parents. And Kylo Ren right. killed her parents. And uh, How much was keeping that secret. How much older is Kylo Ren? Then Ray. Ah, uh, I don't know timeline why. Maybe ten years at most. Hmm. Um. They, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe just the way the movies are, it kind of plays them the same age, right? Well, yeah. I mean, after they decided to have them hook up, they kind of yeah. downplayed the age difference. Um. But yeah, no. He turns out he killed her parents. Because they were trying to protect her from him. Um, and so they fight. And there's a big space battle on Coruscant. Um, and the... Uh, is this one? Okay, no, the fleet hasn't shown up yet. But yeah, the resistance people are fighting. Um, let's see, we got the street uprising... Uh, stormtroopers have all taken to, you know how, um, Finn in episode seven had like the smeared blood on his helmet from the, the guy who touched his helmet as he was dying. Yeah. They've all taken that as like their symbols. So all these stormtroopers have like the three mark, um, like blood stain thing to show that they're all on Finn's uh, side. So Finn so, is leading so this Hunger army. Games. Yeah, these, like, redeemed, unmasked stormtroopers against the chrome, uh, evil stormtroopers. Um, 3PO and R2 and BB-8 are... Oh, well, no, that's not BB-8. The 3PO kills another droid and feels bad about it. What? Because the... Uh, the, there's the, the black evil BB-8. Um, I don't know, it looks... It's... It's trying to send a distress signal, so he reaches inside and pulls some wires out. And he feels, he says, I've done horrible things. I may never be the same. Okay, that's uh, not the comic uh, relief I want from C-3PO, but okay. Yeah. I don't know, it's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> the uh, Resistance has stolen some, like, ATSTs and put all kinds of cool war paint and teeth on them. Um, and yeah, let's see. Finn leading uprising. Uh, Kylo Ren and Rey fighting in the rain dramatically. Kylo manages to get the upper hand and swipes his lightsaber across her eyes, blinding her. Um, and then leaves her there and goes to head into the temple to claim ultimate power. Um... Space battle, Rose doing some undercover stuff, using those ID bars that she stole way back at the start. Um, hey, it's a Chekhov's ID. Yep, she uses that to sneak inside of their capital ship and uh, disable the... Like they're, they're planning to just... Because that big ship thing they set up on Coruscant is their capital, is also mobile. So they're planning to just jump to light speed and escape. So she has to disable that to stop them from getting away. 
I'm sure Hux's um, lightsaber collection won't come into play either. Mm, we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> R2, oh, okay, so... Um, okay, so Rose is aboard the ship. She asks to have R2 send her the information she needs to uh, finish shutting off the thing. But then R2 gets shot with a stray bullet, and oh no, R2's dead. Um, and everybody's sad. So it's up to BB-8 to save the day. They give BB-8 the codes, and he's got to go run to a terminal to transmit it. Wait, is Chewbacca um, in this story? Yep. No, Chewbacca is also here, and he has to haul R2 on his back, similar to how he did with 3PO in Empire Strikes Back. Okay. Since R2's critically injured. Um, Kylo Ren finds the chamber on Mortis, and it's just a big empty hole in the ground. There's, you know, nothing there for whatever power source he was looking for. Um, Luke's ghost shows up and tells him, yeah, uh, nope, the dark side, yeah, it doesn't work. So, and while Luke's ghost is talking to Kylo about the Force and how everyone's connected and how Kylo's a petty piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> Ray is getting back on her feet, even though like, she's blinded. She like, takes a piece of cloth and puts it across her eyes to you know, look like a cool martial arts master. Like, blind fighting. Um, she... Oh, it's, yeah. It's like okay. a bloodborne. Yeah. Now, this is... This is fun part she um okay so she's walking in to this morse temple um to confront kylo and she says our masters were wrong i will not deny my anger and i will not reject my love i am the darkness and i am the light and he says you are nothing you are no one and she says no one is no one so they're not she's not a skywalker she's not a palpatine but they can still kind of evolve that concept from the second, you know, from Last Jedi, where it's like, you're no one. And it's like, well, I'm someone, you know, <laughs> because I am me, that's something. Yeah. Yeah, like, it, it just, it works so much. It, it's none of yeah. that legacy shit that they did in Rise of Skywalker. It's just, yeah, just let her be her. And it actually works thematically with the Stormtrooper uprising. Yeah. Yay. Yeah, no, it just the story works so much better on so many levels. Yeah. Um, okay, so then, yeah, so Fucking Hope seems lost in anyway. the big space <laughs> battle, but then everybody comes to the rescue because they, had, you know, sent that signal out because Lando got off his ass and decided, sure, I can come help too. Um, so everybody comes flying into the rescue, and the First Order is overwhelmed, and Rose is disabled. BB-8 sends the codes up, so Rose disables their escape, so they can't get away. So Hux takes his uh, official, original Mace Windu lightsaber and stabs himself in the chest and dies. What? Uh, yep. He, okay. he commits suicide rather than be captured, because he knows they've failed. He's not getting away this time. I... Um, uh, oh, okay. Yep. Uh... <laughs> That's a little no, weird. He's not going to have any dramatic fight scenes. He's just, a, you know, he, he's a wimp. 
you know, he's, he's been here in this command center giving out orders, but he knows he can't last in a fight. Um, yeah, like I, I'm not saying he deserves like a, a heroic final stand or anything, but that that's that's kind of uh, first of all kind of dark. Hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I Although know, the dial, the the narration dialogue is a little funny because it says Hux realizes the tragic truth: he lost the Star Wars. <laughs> 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 credits. Yep. So then, uh, Ray and Kylo are fighting. Uh, Ray gets the upper hand and cuts a few of Kylo's fingers off, so he loses his grip on his lightsaber and drops it. Uh, Kylo starts using his force technique to drain the life out of Rey and restore his severed fingers. Um, but then Leia reaches out through the Force to her son to try to persuade him to turn away from this dark side. Um, and so he does enough to, you know, turn his, use the, the Force drain power backwards, basically. He uses it to heal Rey. And so he dies instead, you know, because he, you know, I guess feels bad about everything he's done. Um, and he reveals as he's dying that Ray's last name is Solana. So she remembers that her last name, it, it's not a name we've ever heard before. It's just she has a last name now. Um, she's from the Ratchet and Clank galaxy. Yep. So her name is Ray Solana. And so he dies having given up his life force to restore hers. And then she collapses from exhaustion. And um, so then we go back to Coruscant with you know Finn victorious holding a uh, rebel flag as everybody's cheering on the battlefields and the First Order's defeated. Um, Rose escapes from the capital ship using an escape pod. And everyone's reunited. Um, and also, she, before she left, put in, um, programmed uh, coordinates into their Nava computer so that their ship, when it does try to take off, just flies into the sun and blows up. So, their capital ship is gone. Um, Ray, back on Mortis, starts to become a Force Ghost and meets the other force ghosts of Luke and Obi-Wan and Yoda. Um, and they, what about Qui-Gon? Nah, not in this, anyway. It looks like it's just those three. Darn. Um, yeah, so she talks to them in the astral plane, and they tell her she has a choice. She can, you know, join, become one with the force like them and all the other Jedi, or she can go back. So she decides to go back. Um, and then we have a big, you know, classic metal ceremony with everybody but Rey, because she's still, you know, in limbo. Um, but everybody else is on Coruscant, and they have a big metal ceremony. And the repair R2, he's, he's not dead. Um, and after they fix up R2, he 
as he's waking up projects a bunch of images that are like key moments from the classic trilogy as he's you know compiling his memory files i guess so fun nostalgia thing as he's projecting the movies for leia to watch i guess um and then we go to a new jedi temple you know like a small kind of it looks kind of like the one in um kotor on uh dantooine they're like remote farming little hut kind of um jedi school uh where finn is talking to some new jedi younglings about ray and about the force and and everything and then uh so finn and rose are there and waiting for the day when ray returns which we see her arriving there right at the end before credits um yeah so i mean so the yeah there's there's a lot of stuff in like the dialogue and in like the more specific parts of the story where just it works a lot better and you can kind of see how rise of skywalker took parts of that and then just stripped them of all their context and made them make no sense (laughs) um you know like the knights of ren and the everybody coming together thing and yeah i don't know like rise of skywalker is such a mess and this duel of the fates makes so much more sense that i'd rather just pretend that this is how the story ended it you know does what i want like after last jedi what i wanted was them to because last jedi felt like it took the story that they were setting up and just pushed it off the rails and I had no idea where it was going, and I wanted them to keep following that until they could get it somewhere. Not because what Rise of Skywalker did was try to course correct back onto the track of what Force Awakens felt like it was building toward. But what this script does, like it, it follows on what Last Jedi did, but also still tries to you know build it into a like a finale that feels like it works for you know what these characters are doing like let finn do stuff let rose do stuff uh let kylo ren keep being the bad guy at least until his final moments because that's the path he put himself on you know he had a moment in the middle of last jedi when he could have turned and he didn't so he should he like he shouldn't have the you know, Rise of Skywalker thing where it's like, oh, actually, he's, he's just going to be a good guy now, halfway through. Like, he he was down the path and should have stayed there. Are, are you saying that they should have made a story with, like, characters and themes and not just uh, well, and not Star like Wars bailed... TM? <laughs> yeah, not bailed on the story that they had in favor of just cram a bunch of nostalgia in and take like some of the popular fan theories of what might happen after episode seven and just say actually yeah that that is gonna happen now actually yeah snoke is a clone of the emperor and ray is descended from a legendary force person and 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 jj it doesn't abrams, matter that it makes no sense and jj abrams barely held contempt for somebody quote-unquote ruining his vision that he didn't um explain at all <laughs> mm. yeah 
Yeah. But. So yeah, no, the comic it's uh, drawn a guy named Andrew Weingarner. Um, W i n e g a r n e r. If you just look up his name and Duel of the Fates, you'll probably find it. The whole thing is available as a full color PDF now. Um, in addition to all the pages being JPEGs, so you can just load and read them on the the Squarespace website that the guys mm-hmm. set up. Brought to you by Squarespace. <laughs> it is a real Squarespace website. I had never seen what one of those looked like until I found this guy's site. Nobody makes websites anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, this episode of Shack 5 brought to you by Squarespace. Go make a website that five people will ever see. Enter code Shack for 0% off because it's not a real code. And it's not Shack like we spell it. It's like Shaquille O'Neal. Yep. Um, yeah, he bribed us. Funky Shack, but it's with a Q <laughs> instead of a CK. <laughs> we'll let you figure out how to spell funky. Mm. <laughs> it's like monkey, but with fun. It's more fun, monkey. <laughs> our, our advertiser code is. Um, all the lyrics to the Beastie Boys "Brass Monkey," <laughs> yeah, <our. laughs> and then and then Shaq. <laughs> Enter code um, the entire script of the B movie. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about the character limit; it's fake. Just as much of it as it will let you fit. And then when you hit enter and it says it doesn't work, that's when you put the next line in. And um, once you reach the last line of the script of the B-movie, then it'll activate. Yeah. And if it doesn't, um, I want you to... If it doesn't, that means you missed a period somewhere. So go back and check. (laughs) Yeah, print out the error message and then, uh, like, roll it up. And shove it up your ass. <laughs> All right, I I, we should be wrapping up now. Yeah, I'm. I'm very hungry. Um. Uh. Let's see. Do we have an outro? Um. Destroy your toilet covers. They don't do anything. Mm. Um. No, just turn your bathroom into a public bathroom. Pee on the floor. And don't have a lid on your toilet. Yep. Uh, if you go to Jade's house, um, shit in your sink. Um, and then throw a toothbrush in. <laughs> and then throw yourself in after. It's where you belong, you disgusting fuck. <laughs> Flush yourself down the toilet and be rid of him. And then go outside and turn off all the water to the house so she can't even clean it. <laughs> nope. I'll just uh, set the room on fire and close the door and let it all resolve itself. Uh, hey, Jade. Mm-hmm. Bye.
the worst way to end the podcast. <laughs>